Welcome to Mihinte on Air on 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW and online WSGW.com. Now, here is your host, Larry Rodarte. Good evening and welcome to Mihinte on Air. I hope everyone is well in the Great Lakes Bay region. I have a question. How many of you out there like Mexican food? The tangy sauces of enchiladas or delicious frijoles served with Mexican rice? Well, in the little casitas in Mexico, in La Cocinas, there are very, very delicious, delicious meals made by the Yenditas, the women who perfected great recipes for the Mexican foods we know today, I'm sure through the centuries. Many of the indigenous Indians, I'm sure the Mayans and the Aztec cultures were very instrumental in developing the use of chile, the chile pods such as chile ancho, chile guajillo, all those chiles that, that we use from scratch to make our caldos, the soups. Do you ever wonder who first thought to make what we call pico de gallo today? Well, I know a little bit, a bit about the culinary arts And I say arts because I feel that's what it is. Along with recipes, your personal touch also can make good food go to delicious foods. I cook in large quantities for the Union Civica every week during our Thursday, Friday patito sales. But today I want to talk about a familiar restaurant that was a staple in Saginaw for many years. It was called El Gaito. It was run by Felix and Josie Gallardo starting in 1968 and ran for nearly 45 years. In our continuing series of featuring the Adelante Award recipients that was honored by the Union Civica Mexicana, I want to play some audio from when we honored Josie and Felix, and Josie and Uncle Felix to me, as she was my father's sister. Let's hear a little bit from that video. south side of Saginaw in the late 1960s, you were familiar with a little restaurant in Hess near Washington called El Gaito. They served home-cooked Mexican meals with tortillas rolled out by hand. The business started in 1968 by Felix and Josephine Gallardo, and this is their love story. Josephine Rodarte was born in 1935 in Uvalde, Texas. Her father died when she was just a year old, and his passing thrusted his wife, Refugio, in despair to put food on the table for her eight children. Cuca made a fateful decision to head north when Andres Anguiano was recruiting migrants to head to Michigan. Josie was just a young girl. For migrants, the conditions were sometimes deplorable, and tuberculosis ran rampant. Similarly, Felix Gallardo had 13 brothers and sisters, and they also worked in the fields in Marion, Indiana. Their hardships were similar, and his parents, Jose and Connie Gallardo, 
eventually came to Saginaw. Felix would meet Josie and they were soon married at St. Joseph Catholic Church in 1958. Josie had a beautiful dress. Abigail came along in 1960 and Sister Lori two years later, and finally Felix Jr. in 1966. They lived next to the railroad tracks on Ledger Street. By 1968, Felix wanted out of the gray iron plant and had a dream to start a restaurant. Josie would continue to work at Vacia's grocery store and she would back her husband up financially. Thus, the legacy of the first of three El Gaito restaurants began on Hess Street. It was Felix's mother, Connie Gallardo, and his tia Anita Cisneros, who first donned aprons and cooked in the kitchen. And guess what their specialty was? Homemade tortillas. Oh, how many of you out there remember that great song from the 60s? It sounds so good to hear that. Lo Mucho Que Te Quiero by Renee and Renee. I remember that as a child and my grandfather singing that song so long ago and it's been so many years now since the 60s but anyway that background info of how my aunt and uncle came together they both hailed from large families they came together to form the first El Gaito restaurant on Hess on the south side near South Washington it is no longer there it was a little place and I can remember vividly as a young boy going in there as a uh, as a family, my whole family, all of us sitting in those little booths and eating. But <laughs> check this out. I, ha I have such a good memory. In the back of the restaurant was the kitchen, and for some reason I found myself playing with pots and pans at around the age of three. Now, it, it's kind of amusing to me, and I wonder why would my parents have allowed me to be in a restaurant kitchen? Something must have been going on that... They had to leave me back there, and the only one that was back there with me was Grandma Gallardo. And, you know, she was elderly by this point as well. But I, I can vividly remember uh, Grandma Gallardo. I called her Grandma Gallardo, even though she wasn't my Gallardo. But she was up there in age, and she was my Uncle Felix's mother. And she was donning an apron and rolling out tortillas for their customers, and I'm sure for the patitos that they made there at El Gaito, they perfected. How many customers did they serve in those days before a fire swept through the Hess location? It, you know, it, it, it boggles my mind because I, I can see them. I can en envision them there at that first El Gaito restaurant on Hess Street. And I see my cousins, all of us, Rodarte, Gallardo cousins, we've all been through that restaurant. And I remember specifically... My Aunt Josie and my Uncle Felix sitting down with my parents and telling them that, okay, and I, and I don't know how, how soon after when the restaurant started, they told them, okay, everybody has to start paying for their own food because, and I bring this up because we came from such large families. And I think in their heart of hearts and their generosity, they probably wanted to give free food to all their family members. But, of course, 
that wasn't a good business decision. And so sooner or later they had to say, okay, you know, everybody's got to start paying for their food, family or not. And so that's just a memory that I have. But let's hear from uh, Felix and Josie's daughter, Abby McLeod and Lori Hernandez, from more of the video telling the trajectory of the El Gaito chain. Grandma made all the tortillas there. It wasn't something that was purchased back then. My memory, too, is seeing Grandma. She was, like, stationed in a certain area in the kitchen all the time, and she had this huge basket of tortillas, and we'd get tossed one once in a while running through there. That was our playground. So the Gallardos were a success on Hess, and Felix had the personality of welcoming everyone. He could talk to anyone and make them feel right at home. In 1976, fire destroyed El Gaito on Hess when a gas line burst. The Gallardos already had their second location on Dixie Highway. But tragically, in 1993, the second El Gaito also burned when the motel behind the establishment caught fire. Once again, the Gallardo family reopened the restaurant at a third location, this time in Bridgeport. They were very, they're, they determined, they were goal setters, they, I mean, to lose a business twice to fire, a fire, you know, and to start all over again two times, that was a lot, but that said a lot about who my parents were. Why wouldn't they feel at home? Felix and his mother started frying the tortillas and they came up with a Saginaw staple called the patito. And Felix had a patent. And Larry, you in the um, restaurant in Bridgeport, you were involved with making those daily, weren't you? Every day. Can you tell me a little bit about making patitos? Yes, I was in charge and we had a big mixer where we would make 200 patitos a day um, and roll them out every day and needless to say I hated it <laughs> I did so what is a patito because the El Gaito restaurant chain is what started it here in Saginaw and it's something specific to the Saginaw community because you don't hear about it uh, in Texas, they don't know what they are. They don't know what they are in Detroit, in the Southwest community. So I believe it's really something that is started in Saginaw. And it's really important that I, I say this, that the patito is a deep-fried taco. It's rolled out from masa that is made, homemade, and it's rolled out and like my cousin Lori said in that video, you know, El Gaito was uh, putting out 200 a day. And that's a lot of work to roll out masa in, at that capacity. And then it's filled with the hamburger meat that is uh, spiced up with the different uh, spices. And once it's actually fried up, and we use patitos, uh, patitos, we use toothpicks in there to hold the meat in there, in the masa that is uh, flipped over onto itself so that it, it comes out as a patito size, not round anymore. 
And then once it's fried, we put in there some lettuce, cheese, and tomato. Always the cheese first because the cheese is melted on the meat. And then we also give to the customers, and, and I'm talking about the me, the Union Civica Mexicana, and it's, it's almost coincided, you know, with um, in what the El Gaito chain was doing because, you know, I, I see that, I feel a part of that history as well because it was my family. But it's been such a, a, a big hit within the Union Civica Mexicana the last 10 years as well uh, that we're getting people from all over on the north side at 2715 Wadsworth. Every Thursday and Friday, we have made those patitos for a number of years, even during this pandemic. And it was the patito that actually uh, sustained the Union Civica Mexicana when there was no more rentals uh, or there was no more events that was happening from the Civica because of the COVID pandemic. So thank you to my beautiful Aunt Josie, my Uncle Felix, Grandma Gallardo, all those that were instrumental in starting the Patito here in the city of Saginaw. You know, my Tia Josie, she worked so hard. She she came from a migrant background, and uh, she worked the fields very early, just like, you know, my father and the, and the rest of the Rodartes. And uh, it was really difficult for them in their history to even talk about it, but Aunt Josie worked the fields, and eventually, as she married my uncle Felix, she found employment at Vachos, the Vachos where I believe the current day Kroger is. And uh, in their marriage, she supported my uncle Felix's dream of opening a restaurant. And at a young age, she also developed arthritis. I, I remember my mom talking about it at the age of like 38, and all of us talking about the the nephews and nieces her children we all seen her suffer through the years with that disease and i remember her telling me she had to keep going you know she had to keep working and keep going so that she wouldn't get stiff and i i kind of have a little bit of arthritis myself so i know how that is and uh it's amazing that she was able to keep going all those years all the way until 2010 uh, when she passed away and so it, it really it really speaks volumes to who she was as an individual in the obituary in the Saginaw News I remember it said she worked really hard that was the title in the story that ran and Uncle Felix man he had the perfect personality to be a restaurant owner he talked to his customers, he talked baseball, he talked anything and everything, and he could talk to anybody. He just had that kind of uh, great rapport that you need if you're a restaurant owner. I can see him vividly in my mind uh, welcoming people at the front door you know, of the restaurant, op opening the door for them actually so that they could come in and patronize his restaurant. He was smart too because he got the patito patented and knew what a blessing that was for the business. You know, it, it, it sustained the, the El Gaito restaurant along with the rest of the food for many, many years. I mean, 45 years in a community is a long time. And three restaurants through the, the many years, and people are still talking about El Gaito in the community. I, I, every week at the, El Gaito, at the Union Civica, I'm getting my places mixed up here, 
every week when we're doing those patitos, I have people who come in and say, you know, we haven't had a patito since way back in the day when El Gaito was open. And they remember the El Gaito restaurant. They also remember La Placita, who also made them. They called it the Reese Taco over there on South Michigan. But most of the time, they remember El Gaito and the Gallardo family, and I take great pride in that. And it's nice because I have a young man who comes to help us at the Union Civica Mexicana in making these patitos, and he is the great-grandson of my Uncle Felix and Josie Gallardo, Javier, Javier Jr., um, Javier Gonzalez, I should say, um, not Gallardo, but Gonzalez. And he's there, and I know it makes him very proud whenever somebody says, wow, I remember the patitos from El Gaito. So that is their legacy, the family legacy. And it has uh, produced the patito as we know it today. And not only does the Union Civica Mexicana make some, but TNT, uh, Authentic Mexican Restaurant, they make them, uh, Maria's Restaurant and El Rancho Grande, they make them. Even I notice on the menu at Coco Loco on Bay Road, they have added now the patito. And they never did. That family, they came from San Juan, Tejas. And we'll have to tell their story someday. But they weren't familiar with what the patito was. But sooner or later, because of the probably the request they were getting from local Saginaw people, they had to add it to the menu. And I've seen it named different names uh, down in Texas. I think it's kind of the same thing. But here in Saginaw, that's what we know it as, as the Potito. And, and that legacy of Josie and Felix Gallardo, you know, it stays with me because, you know, I lived it. I lived through all those restaurants, the, the three, first on Hess and Dixie Highway, and then, of course, the Bridgeport restaurant. And it really, I was really proud in all those years to to say, you know, that was that was my Aunt Josie's restaurant. And they were beloved. They were a, bel- a beloved couple in the community. And people respected them because of the hard work that everybody knew they did and the good food that they were putting out for so many years. I want to play one more audio from the Adelante video when we honored them in 2018 and it talks a little bit about more about their son Felix Gallardo Jr. who is no longer with us but he also had it in his heart to continue on after both his parents had passed away. Let's hear that audio. And tell me a little bit about Felix Jr. and his commitment to the restaurant and I mean he grew up on this restaurant. It was there from day one for him. Tell me about that. That was his heart. It sure was. That was his heart. If he was alive today, that would he would still that's be. What, mm-hmm. He would still have the restaurant because out of us three, it was him that had the same heart as my dad to have the business. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so tell me, as the daughters of Josie and Felix, how do you feel about that legacy that they've left? You know. Uh, so proud, Larry. Um, so proud because. Like I said, it honored, it just honors me because I know, like I said in the beginning, the sacrifices that our parents made and how hard they worked. Yes, we had good parents and like Lori says, we're honored and proud and blessed. As an adult, I hear stories of how 
other adults were as they grew up, and I'm thinking, I have no, you know, clue of, and, I, and it's kind of saddens me because they don't know the joy and happiness we experienced as children growing up. It was hard sometimes, like Lori says, we didn't have the understanding of, of the things that our dad and mom would set aside because all we wanted to do, but we couldn't at the time because the restaurant overrode that. But all that was made up in the end because we did have good times. We had a lot of family time. Josie, Felix Sr., little Felix, and Grandma Gallardo are no longer with us. But the legacy they left along with their daughters is enormous. The story is glorious. La Unión Cívica Mexicana is honored to recognize their contributions with the Adelante Legacy Award. God bless the Gallardo family. And there's so many nieces and nephews of the Gallardos and the Rodarte families that... I know, they know what I know in terms of how Felix Jr. and, and his parents, they worked so hard as well as Lori and Abby through the years starting back in 1968. So I applaud them. I applaud that legacy. I have such a heart for what they did, and I am so proud and so proud to continue with the patitos that we make at the Union Civica Mexicana because that is where... You know, it started, and I am just, you know, blessed. I feel so blessed that we can tell their story here on Mi Gente On Air. The El Gaito chain really was their American dream. They did it. They were hard workers, and they produced a restaurant, a culinary cuisine that gave them a life, a meaning, and they set the standard. And so many in Saginaw have tried, whether it's Mexican food or other kinds of food, but to sustain a restaurant for 45 years really speaks volumes to their tenacity and to who they were as a people. And I am just really happy and proud to say that I was a recipient of those patitos and those enchiladas that they made so good. I used to just love the cheese that they would put on top there at the El Gaito restaurant. How many of us remember that? So I want to just close out this part of the show because we're going to return uh, with another culinary icon here in the city of Saginaw. We have a great entrepreneur and she can also remember El Gaito restaurant because she followed them with her chain of restaurants while they were still in operation. And I know that she would give them the respect as well because I've had conversations with her about my aunt and my uncle. And so we're going to be returning with Maria de los Angeles Jimenez Gomez. Most of you just know her as Maria from Maria's Restaurant on State Street. So we'll be back in a moment here on Mi Gente On Air. This is Mihinta On Air on WSGW. Yeah, mira nomás, que es esa cosita. 
Yo no sé. You're listening to Mi Gente On Air on WSGW. We're back. We're back, Mi Gente. And today I have a special guest. And many of her customers know her very well because she is a people person. She is hard working at what she does. And she has a tenacity to see things through. She has a restaurant that bears her name. Please welcome Maria de Los Angeles, or more commonly known as Maria Gomez from Maria's Restaurant and the El Rancho Grande chain on uh, Saginaw. Hola, Maria. Bienvenidos. Gracias. Thank you for being with us here today on Mi Gente on Air. You know, we have been friends for a long time now, over 25 years, and your story is pretty amazing. And this year, you are celebrating 50 years from when you first came to Saginaw. Isn't that right? Yes, it is right. How does that make you feel? Well, it makes me really good and really proud of myself and all my people, all my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's quite a story. And, you know, I, I want to play some audio also from when the Union Civic Americana celebrated and awarded the Jimenez sister, you and your sister Chole, in 2011. Can you believe it's been 10 years, Maria, since we did yes, that at the yes. Event Center? Let's listen to some of their story and their background. The Jimenez sisters begins with humble beginnings in the city of Celaya, Guanajuato, Mexico. Maria de Los Angeles and Maria Gregoria, two innocent hermanas born to the ways of their beloved Mexico who knew life in America offered more opportunity. My parents were Nicolás Jimenez and my mom, Ana Maria Esquivel. My dad works hard to raise us by kids. It wasn't really easy. You know, we need a more income to survive. Motivated by a younger brother's need to have an operation by American doctors, the gutsy, strong-willed 20-year-old Maria de Los Angeles hopped on a bus headed to Chicago, Illinois. Like any mother, Ana would cry and pray, but gave her blessings to her determined daughter. Maria was headed to America. no longer living in Chicago. So then the family that I was coming with, they told me, we're not gonna leave you here in Chicago. You gotta go with us to Saginaw. That's when I came to Saginaw. I got to say, you know, that was really strange for me because nobody speaks Spanish. And I was like, uh, I was lost. So then I started going to San Joseph Church. You know, I met some people there. They, and then a lot of people opened the doors for me. They started guiding me where to go for help, where to go for job. So then 
uh, they said they need people at Casa del Rey, so that's when I went to Casa del Rey and I got hired there. Eventually, after training at Tri-City Serre, Maria was hired at the Saginaw Transmission Plant. This allowed her to bring her five-year-old brother from Mexico to Saginaw, where he received his much-needed operation. Maria, the family leader, brought over other siblings and eventually her parents. The Jimenez sisters learned quickly that hard work brought opportunity. Ay, Maria, Maria. I, I know you are so busy with the restaurant on State Street there, Maria's Restaurant. Did you even realize that it has been 50 years since you came to America? Yeah, that sounds like just yesterday because I still you know, got a lot of energy to work and give a lot of to, to the people. They've been really good with me, you know. Yes, yes. Thank God you have your health and you are still able to be there every day of the week, putting out that great, great food as well as your sister Chole over there at the El Rancho Grande. Chole uh, Jimenez, she runs the El Rancho restaurant. That was the first restaurant that you guys uh, opened 25 years ago. But before you started in the restaurants and while you were still working at the plant, there on uh, Genesee, you you also started a bakery at one point, didn't you? Yes, we did. We started the bakery in the South Side. We we used to call it Comercial Mexicana, mm-hmm. and that's how we started right there. You know, in the bakery. And how long did you have that bakery for? We had the bakery about seven years. Then we keep moving. Mm-hmm. Then move on to the Sullivan's restaurant. There used to be Sullivan's. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, we that. move over there, you know, running the bar and running the kitchen. And then around 1995, yeah. I would say, was when you actually kind of started the El Rancho Grande restaurant there, right? Yes. You know, then, uh, you know, we start paying too much rent, and I told my sister, you know, with this much rent, we can buy a place. Yeah. So, you know, we sacrificed and we bought, uh, there used to be Luchi's Pizza at, at the Rancho Grande. Yeah. Right so there. It was for sale, and, and we got that. That was right there on North Michigan before you get on the 675 yep. corridor. So Yes. Now, yeah. I, I, have, I have to make note. I have to make note to the listening audience that not only is the Jimenez family have the El Rancho Grande restaurant, and Maria has Maria's restaurant on State Street, but their brother, Santos Jimenez, also has the La Estrella del Norte Bakery that uh, is right across the street from El Rancho Grande. So, I mean, what a what a legacy, a, a family of entrepreneurs that we have that hailed from Celaya, Mexico, and started with Maria coming to America 50 years ago. How does that make you feel when you hear me say all that history, Maria? But, you know, like I, like I said before, it makes me feel really good and real proud of myself because, like, I came for nothing, but I was I was really really la- with a lot of uh, hungry to work, you yeah. know, a lot of energy to come to work, especially for my family. Yeah, 
Yeah, you had you had the determination, the the ganas to to see yes. this through mm-hmm. because in in that audio that we heard from the Adelante video, when you set out to go to Chicago, you were meeting friends there, and when you got there, those friends were not there in that apartment. I know you've told me that yep. story before. So yes, I did. The people that actually took you, helped you in those early days when you're twenty year a twenty year old young woman. They said, "No, we can't leave you here in Chicago. This is a, this is a big city. We, you have to come with us. You're going to come with us." And and they were from Saginaw. Do you can you tell us who those people were? There was Aurelio Arellano and Alicia Alicia Lopez. Mm-hmm. They still, you know, Aurelio passed away, but Alicia, she's still really good. Yeah. You know, uh, fam, family to me. You know. Yeah, yeah, and you know when you walk into the Maria's restaurant there on State Street, you get a sense of family because Maria is there and she has her daughter sometimes there and her daughter's son and right in the backdrop all the time when I when I go there is her father, Nicolas. And Nicolas just turned recently, I think, 93 or 94 years Nin- of age, right? 90, 94 Sunday. Wow, ninety-four years of age. What uh, what a blessing he has been because he's he's still there helping you in the restaurant. He sleeps sometimes, but that's okay because he's ninety-four. He can do whatever he wants. But he yes. he's making the tamales with you, and he's you know rolling up the forks and the napkins. What a legacy! He's cutting he, menudo. Yes, he yes. He does menudo. He does tomatoes. He does everything. Yeah, and so what a blessing to see him in there when you walk in Maria's restaurant. And and he has quite a story himself because he was actually a bracero worker that came during the 40s when men were needed from Mexico to to work the crops here. And the government actually uh, hired other men to bring them from Mexico into the United States to to work those fields. So what a legacy and story he has as well. I want to play some more audio uh, from when the Civica honored the Jimenez sisters, uh, Maria Chole, back in 2011, and uh, listen a little bit more about their their background. Came early, Maria say, come on, well, in Espanol, uh, come on, let's go to... Um, a restaurant, the name Howard Johnson, they hire people right now. So Maria, she took me over there and we talked to the owners, Janice Estos and Eva Estos. And right away they hired me to work in, in the kitchen in the salad bar. I was working for four years in Howard Johnson and I learned a lot of the stuff in there and then later on Maria say, well, you know something about a restaurant and her dream is to have a business. Maria's family dream was fulfilled when she opened El Rancho Grande in 1995. The business continued to grow and is a staple now in the Saginaw community, now in its 16th year of operation. Their home-cooked Mexican food is a favorite for Hispanics and non-Hispanics alike. Maria Gregoria, or Chole as she is called, has operated the restaurant at 2403 North Michigan while Maria worked at the Saginaw Transmission Plant. In 2004, after 28 years of service, Maria retired from General Motors. But instead of taking it easy, this hardworking entrepreneur opened a second restaurant. Maria's Mexican restaurant on State Street opened the same year. Fire, 
With the number of patrons on any given day, it is obvious that both restaurants are successful. They're also demanding much time, sacrifice, and a certain amount of culinary expertise. But the tenacity of these sisters is unquestionable. It's been 40 years since Maria crossed that U.S. border searching for a better life for her familia. She had the ganas to succeed. Saginaw can be proud of these two strong, hardworking Latino women. Gracias a la Unión Cívica. Por ellos estamos aquí recibiendo los premios que han reconocido para nosotros por las labores, por el entusiasmo que le hemos puesto a la comunidad de Saginaw. So today we're talking, uh, you know, that we're talking about the culinary restaurants. And, and it's so good to hear that after, you know, 10 years when we actually awarded the Jimenez Sisters that award. But in that clip, you hear Chole talking about Johnny Sestos and Eva Sestos. Can you tell me? Because so many people knew that family and that legacy. Can you tell me about the owners there of Johnny Bonanza and the Howard Johnsons? Well, you know, uh, we really, we learned a lot from them because they came the same way we did. From Greece, right? Uh, from Greece, yeah. They came from Greece, too. And they started their business. It was really success business. And they was helping a lot of people, too. You know, like, they helped us. Uh, like they give the job to my sister right away, you know, when she didn't speak no English, you know, and they help her a lot too. And so that was really nice people. Yeah, yeah. You know, Maria, one of the things you may not know is that my mother, Anita Diaz, back when she was in her early 20s, she worked for Johnny's Estes too, way, oh, way yeah? back. Yeah, in the, in the 50s and um you know, so mm -hmm. I, I I knew of his contributions and that legacy. And his daughter Elaine, she has fuzzies there on Court Street today. So it really shows how those entrepreneurs, you know, they raise children that are entrepreneurs in our community, right? You're right. Yeah, and so it's 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 a beautiful thing. And Maria's restaurant, Cho Maria. I was I was going to call you Chole, Maria. Mm -hmm. How do you? You know, after all these years, how do you still, you know, find the, 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 the have the tenacity, I guess, to go in there and, and do this on a daily, you know, 24, I mean, uh, tw seven days out of the week, especially during a time of the pandemic? Because I frequented your restaurant during that time and it was hard. I mean, it was hard dealing with the mask and dealing with the CDC and what they were saying. Tell me a little bit about that experience. Well, we had lot, we had really good experience with the COVID because, uh, and the, and the first time, little we let the employers go, you know, because of the pandemic, and then uh, we want the the employers to come back, and then just say no, I don't want to come back, you no, know, because we we getting unemployment, we we getting more money than what we making. So then I start doing, you know, we start doing a lot of work ourselves. And, you know, everything that, that our employers did, we had to do ourselves. Like me, my dad, my daughter, and, you know, few workers, you know, only like one or two workers, they come back. But the, other than that, they didn't want to come back. So this give, gives you more energy 
because you had you had to support the the customers. You know, the customers come and ask for something, and you say, "Hey, I don't have nothing. I I don't got no employers." No, we give it the service the same way as we have all the employers with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I know though that it is much more difficult during this time of anxiety because of the pandemic, and I witnessed this. When I'm over there cooking at the Union Civica Mexicana, and people come in and they have no patience and they're they're, yes. they're demanding and and you know it's it's like they ask when they ask me and they say okay I want a patito and I don't want no lettuce no cheese on there and can you can you add a little bit more of me I'm just look at them like they are from Mars because I, it's frustrating but everybody has you know their 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 likes and what I say to them usually. This ain't McDonald's. <laughs> How do you deal with that, Maria? How do you deal with that? Well, you know, you, you really, myself, I always try to, to please people. Yes. You know, I ask them whatever they want, we give them if we have it. You know, to trying to keep the customers, you know, to stay and they'll be happy, you know, when you're really trying to please them. Yes, yes. And I, I want to ask you too, because I remember her, your mother. Ana, Ana, mm-hmm. Ana Jimenez, and she was probably the one that taught you a lot of your culinary recipes. Tell me a little bit about her. Well, my mom, she, she was a housewife. She never went out to work. She didn't have the experience to be with people. So, yeah, she teaches us a lot. You know. she, she teaches us how to cook, how to la- do laundry, how to do everything in the house. Yeah. But... I'll be honest with you, my experience to learn all this cooking, I learned it from Casa del Rey. Oh, that's right. When I start, work, when I start working there. That's because right. in Mexico, it's not the same food that we cook here. It's a different. Yes. And so I had to learn all the new stuff from the people here from Saginaw, what they like. So that's, that's what I did with a little bit of my mask experience so we put it together and that's how we work it out yeah yeah and in the late uh paul Olvera and esther Olvera, we have to give them yes. credit with what they did with casa del rey there on bay road yeah. oh, a beautiful it, restaurant yes as well as taco Villa, that was on genesee yeah. there the original one and in in maria's right the food here that she has to make uh at her restaurant has to be uh curtailed to the Saginaw palate, I guess. And, and and she mentioned there, you know, the food is different in Mexico and it's obviously it's obviously different. And even the food that we make at the Union Civica Mexicana, you know, it's it's more Tex Mex, if you will, rather than from strictly Mexico. Even though I do make the caldos like, like my pozole menudo like the way they do in Mexico. But I I wanna mention something, Maria. Do you remember when Dolores Huerta came in twenty ten, the the great labor leader with uh, who started the labor movement with Sasa Chavez, she came to your restaurant. I remember we, we took her to Maria's restaurant, and you made her some uh, delicious enchiladas. That enchiladas. Were, they were different. They were not the ones that you served in the restaurant. So maybe that's where you're talking about that food from Mexico. And I have to tell you, she asked for a second one, remember? Here she was, 80, yes. eight, over 80 years old, 82 years at the age. She says, no, 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 I just want one. I don't eat much. And when she was done with that first enchilada, she looked at me and she says, 
can I have another one? So I had to go back in the yep. kitchen and say, Maria, she loved your mm-hmm. enchiladas. Isn't that, isn't that something? Yep. The great Dolores Huerta there at Maria's And then, then we took her to the kitchen to show her how to make the enchiladas. I still got a picture of her looking oh. how, we, well, how we was making the enchiladas. Yeah, I remember that. She was that. in the kitchen with us. Yeah, that that was that was yeah. quite quite a memory. But you know, mm-hmm. because you have done so well all these years, and you you've given back to the community. She has been a member of the Mid Michigan Hispanic Business Association, and she is a woman who did this. And she was only twenty years old. Can you imagine? There there are great stories, and there is Maria Maria and Chole. I went to school with her sister Chole, and. Uh, we we were back in Bridgeport in the bilingual program, I remember. And then Chole went on to actually start working with Johnny Zesto and them, like we said. And, and what a, what a history! What a family legacy! Even even your brother Jose, he's an entrepreneur, has his own air heating and cooling business. And the beautiful mural that uh, took place with uh, Santos and his family Bernada that um, was painted by Freddie Diaz. There's so much culture. There's so much love. And that's part of what I see comes from your whole family coming down from your mother, your father. And when your siblings come from Mexico, because she still has siblings in Mexico, they come and it's just a a great family entity, a dynasty, if you will. And we have that. We are lucky here in Saginaw to have them as part of us. What would you say about your family, Maria? Well, uh, you know, we've been really, we've been working together, and we, we help each other, you know, when my brother needs something, hey, come and get it, you know, or oh, I need something, hey, you know, we always work together. Yeah, yeah, and I remember when uh, one time I was headed out to Europe, I think it was in 2016, I said, Maria, I need some extra money for to vacation, I needed a good vacation out in Europe, and I went to Maria, and she purchased an ad, and that helped me in my trip. And she was always willing to contribute. And there's so many times I give her a call and I say, Maria, it's me again. And, <laughs> and, I, and I can envision her. I can envision your heart just dropping like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> because I take her out of the kitchen. It's, it's sometimes to this very day. Because the Union Civica, we participate with her to sell tickets for our dances at Maria's restaurant. And I'll walk in and the first thing she'll say to me, she'll look at me. She goes, hey. I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I take no offense to that at all on how she says it or whatever because I know, I know how busy she is and what it takes to do a restaurant, not to the capacity that she does, but I know there at the Civica how you got a number of different things on your mind, how to get how to get that food out, make sure that it's warm and that the customers are satisfied and happy. So... All I can say, Maria, kudos to you and all that you've done in, in celebrating 50 years here in America. That is a great contribution. Now, I remember your 60th. Do you remember your 60th birthday and your retirement from the plant? We were all there in 2004, and what, what, a, what a great time and celebration that was, right? Yeah, right. It's been a, a glorious ride, Maria. So, Maria, Maria, thank you for being with us today. I'm Mijente on air, and what a ride it has been for over 50 years. And you're still here. The work ethic, 
the getting up early more every morning to make sure the restaurant is running smoothly, dealing with employees, and still being active in the community. You've done it all, Maria. And for me, you're someone I look up to because you're a doer. No excuses. She makes things happen. Her restaurant is happening. It's popular as ever. What a great contribution to the Great Lakes Bay region. All the way from Celaya, Mexico. Any last words, Maria? Well, I just want to tell you, Larry, really thank you to you too because you, you've been a part of ourselves too. And now that you're running the Civica, you know how we go through. And people like that, they understand, you know, all the hard work that we do for for the community. Yeah. Because we, we're trying to please the community. You and I, especially you too, because you got mi gente, you got other lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So I'm really proud of you too, and I really thank you, and I really appreciate it, you know. Well, thank we you. We got our moments, but, you yeah. know, we're happy. Thank you for those kind yes. words. Well, everyone, until next week, I'm your host, Larry Rodarte, and it's a great honor to tell the stories of these extraordinary members of our community. Adios, mi gente. Hasta luego.